0: To get started visit plushcare.com weight loss that's plushcare.com weight loss it's time for Baldry's beat Keith Baldry legislative bureau chief for global news good morning Keith good morning let's take a look at you take a look at some of the uh, the current numbers in the pandemic now is it okay to start feeling a little bit optimistic that maybe things are yeah. getting better a little bit are you know, do, do we is there light at the end of the tunnel Tell me there is.
1: Well, it might be quite a ways away, though. So we're headed into respiratory illness season. So get your flu shot, everyone. Uh, we didn't have the flu last year, and hopefully we don't have the flu this year because we're wearing masks, we're keeping social distancing, and we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19 in great numbers. We had modeling released yesterday uh, from Sally, Sally Otto and her her uh, colleagues uh, suggesting that our case count is starting to level off and starting to decline. But if when you look at it on a regional basis, it's still a concern in the north. We've got uh, almost 20% positivity rate compared to a province-wide average of almost 5%. So there's a, a discrepancy there. The other thing, and I reported this last night, that um, quite apart from COVID-19, although COVID-19 is part of this, the Interior Health Authority has just lost almost 1,400 healthcare workers, yeah. the most of any health authority, almost double that of any health authority. We're talking a lot of nurses and doctors who are suddenly off the payroll because they refuse to get vaccinated. Right. That coupled with the fact that right now there are more patients in hospitals than there are base beds they've over over in base beds they've had to add some surge beds in there and it's not all it's obviously not all covid-19 patients it's only 66 covid-19 patients but there's a lot of illness it seems in the interior and so that particular health authority is uh, is got some issues and challenges ahead and northern health continues now we're up to 81 people uh, having to be flown out of northern health authority already in Metro Vancouver and Victoria, but also into the interior. These are ICU patients.
0: Okay, I want to key on, on the impact of those lost healthcare professionals here because of the vaccine mandate in a second here. But let me play a clip here for you, Keith, from Sarah Otto, whom you mentioned from UBC, who is one of the great researchers here in BC on this pandemic. And here she is talking about what is going well, some encouraging signs. Have a listen.
1: What has really worked in this fourth Delta wave is that the province has really done more targeted measures, not an across-the-board ban on social interactions, social gathering size across the province, but really targeting where we're seeing high case rates, high demand on hospitalization. And I hope that that continues.
0: Okay, so she says some measures are working. It's interesting, though, when you take a look at the the number of healthcare workers who have been put on unpaid leave that you just described because they're not getting the vaccine, do you sense any in, any hesitation from the government here, or concern that this could impact their ability to provide services to the public? You're losing a lot of healthcare workers. Oh, like, even though the percentage is small, like mm-hmm. you said, you're still talking about a lot of people.
1: And my understanding is we're also hiring a lot of healthcare workers. Okay. Hiring uh, 30 anesthesiologists, for example, uh, hiring more nurses. But there's it's going to be an impact. You lose almost 1,400 people in healthcare in the interior. It's not all nurses and doctors, obviously. It's right across the board, including administration, uh, maintenance, uh, you name it. It's not all direct medical services, but it's bound to have an impact. It's going to be, be mitigated somewhat by the hirees that are that are coming into the system. It's interesting in Dr. Otto's uh, findings about starting to decline. It's, it's remarkable the difference between Vancouver Coastal, for example, and the rest of the province. Vancouver Coastal, which is Vancouver, Richmond, North Vancouver, West Vancouver, and the Sunshine Coast, has far lower numbers in terms of um, daily case numbers, hospitalizations, ICUs, uh, deaths. It's just not, COVID 19 is just not a, as big a deal in that health authority as it is right next door in Fraser, which is mostly the eastern Fraser Valley.
0: Okay, we continue to follow that very closely. Have you been following the backlash that Andrew Weaver is receiving, mm-hmm. the former BC Green Party leader? He came out in support this week. Of John Horgan's climate change plan called Clean BC. And there's a lot of environmental groups saying this does not go far enough. They should shut down liquefied mm-hmm. natural gas production in British Columbia. They fracking. should ban fracking. They should cancel that natural gas pipeline they're building up yep. north. They should can- shut all this down. And if you don't, we can't meet our emissions well, targets. Been- and Weaver, <laughs> like, I just find it amazing. Like Weaver's just pushing back on these environmental groups. He used to be their hero.
1: And now he's saying, like, you guys are just not talking reality. Yeah, I've been including some of the uh, Twitter threads on this with uh, with uh, Andrew Weaver. Uh, yeah, no, Andrew Weaver's never been part of the shutdown uh, view when it comes to uh, taking on uh, a lot of stuff. It's it's more, you, you say, it's grounded in reality. It, there's a, politi- a real politic thing here, and what's yeah. actually possible politically and what's not and weaver i think after his time as an elected official realizes there's only so you can only go so far so at, over such a pace that it's unrealistic to expect otherwise but he's getting a lot of pushback from a lot of environmental groups but uh he relishes the fight i'll tell you that
0: okay he took a lot of heat for endorsing horgan's plan this week earlier in the recent federal election he endorsed trudeau that's right he endorsed justin trudeau's climate change plan and this is a Trudeau government that, that bought a pipeline. And mm-hmm. people are saying, like, Tr- Trudeau is a fraud on this. Why is Andrew Weaver endorsing these people and these plans? Let's go back to the election here. And th- now, this is, a, this is Andrew Weaver endorsing the Trudeau climate change plan. Get your thoughts here. This national plan, with its pricing mechanisms, with its banning on thermal coal exports, with its movement toward methane reductions, with its em- emphasis on zero-emitting vehicles, with its recognition of the synergy between a strong, prosperous economy and a, and a healthy, clean planet. This is the plan that I've been dreaming of for most of my life. Okay, so he really, Trudeau just loved that, Trudeau standing oh, beside
1: him just they, smiling. They pushed that out to, in the campaign very effectively, I thought, and he endorses uh, the NDP's plan as well. Again, these plans are all about compromise, and compromise is not a word that a lot of the environmental groups want to, want to use. They don't see compromise. They want to see action now yeah. and dramatic action and no compromise.
0: Well, one of the things that really triggered the the environmental leaders uh, with Weaver this week was he, he said that 1.5 degrees is not attainable. It never has been, in my opinion. He tweeted that. Now, that 1.5-degree target... What he's referring to there, that was outlined in a U.N. climate change panel report that said that if the Earth's temperatures rise to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels, that we'd have devastating impacts on human health and the environment. And a lot of environmental groups say, well, that should be our target. We've got to reduce Mm -hmm. that. We've got to avoid that 1.5 degree rise in temperatures. And what Weaver is saying is that Look, it's just not possible at this point because the temperatures have also already risen more than one degree. Mm-hmm. And even if you shut everything down, you, you affect which is impossible, that you you won't be able to do it. So I guess what Weaver is trying to say is, let's talk about what we can achieve in reality and not in some sort of fantasy mm-hmm. land, future, that some environmental groups seem to be pushing and it's just interesting to see a guy who was a hero of these movements now being put
1: up as their enemy
0: yeah your thoughts
1: well i mean uh it was interesting when John Horgan had this announcement he was flanked by environmental leaders and by uh, energy experts mark jackard for example who is a prime uh, major expert when it comes to fighting climate change is there on board and you know fully in support of this plan maron smith and others so weaver's not by himself on this there's a lot of environmental leaders and energy experts who side with these uh these uh, climate plans i've been texting
0: with weaver this morning i'm trying to get him on tomorrow's show so hopefully we will uh real quickly i started the show today keith talking about what i thought was a really excellent story on global news last night about these bike thefts going on in the west end we had some remarkable photos and video of these guys coming in like mission impossible style (laughs) with these like glass cutters suction cups and going into this west end apartment building and ripping off a bunch of these high-end bikes i spoke to a guy named john clarides who runs a wine store there in the neighborhood he's been broken into a couple of times this week and he says you know the mayhem in this neighborhood is the worst that he's ever seen he's been running a, a wine a business down there for over 30 years. And here's what he had to say to me a short time ago. It's getting more brazen. It's happening every day. I've had over the last week, I've had a few VPD coming in because they're following me on on Twitter. And they're telling me things that are happening down the street. Actually, here's, here's a classic example. One of my clients comes in, we were talking. One of her friends was walking out of her apartment. Someone put a traffic pylon over her head and started beating her up. Okay. That was John Clarides a short time ago. Now, the good news here is the Vancouver police department has just announced they have arrested two men. Okay. In, in these related to these bike thefts and they credit the security footage from the building that was broadcast last night by global news. So tip of the hat to global news there and to the people speaking out. It looks like they've caught these guys, but you know, there's a lot of mayhem in in a lot of these neighborhoods, and it's a tough one, and I think it could be an election issue in the municipal election oh. uh, in Vancouver next year.
1: I think uh, if a candidate wants to make crime and, you know, safe streets a, a major plank of their platform, they're going to get a
0: Families have a lot going on. I got the open phone lines going right now. Star ninety eight ninety eight is the number to call. Uh, Keith Baldry is my guest, and we were just talking off air about the debate we had earlier on the show about an inheritance tax in Canada, a wealth tax that has been proposed by some. Just came through a federal election where mm. the federal NDP leader Jugmeet Singh was calling for a tax on the super rich, as he called it. Uh, the Conservatives tried to pin pin this on Trudeau and say, watch out, he's going to try and tax your home equity. And the liberals kept saying, "No, we're not. No, we're not." I don't think. I don't think any government would be wise to, to try and careful. tax someone's home equity. No,
1: because it, again, take take a homeowner in Vancouver, Toronto, worked all their lives, bought a home a while ago. Uh, the equity now is two million dollars. Yeah. Maybe they don't have a pension. That's their pension fund. You don't touch that. So I don't think you're going to see any government uh, go after home equity. But perhaps when we're talking huge piles of money. I uh, think there's probably some public support for taxing, the, as Jagmeet Singh calls them, the super-rich.
0: Well, Alex Hemingway, and the, the, the debate we had on the show today, he called for a tax on uh, estates valued at $10 million. Okay, we said, He said that's not even the one percenter, so we're talking less than half of one
1: percent. And we, so. we may get to that point. Uh, governments are increasingly starved for revenue yeah. uh, on all fronts. Uh, they, they're loath to increase income taxes. Right across, right across the board, it's a real reluctance to increase uh, income taxes. There's more g- consumer taxes. I wouldn't be surprised that down the road, whether there would be a, a tax on, again, very wealthy, not someone who's built up 2 or $3 million of equity in their house, though.
0: Okay, phone me on that if you like. Star 9898 is the number on your cell, 604-280-9898. Go to your calls. Joe in Vancouver. Hi, Joe.
1: Hey, gents. Hope you're doing well today. Yeah. Um just wanted to say you know it's all great to pick on on the mayor and the city for the crime which they're responsible for in a large part but i would bet you a hundred bucks to your favorite charity that a the guys that stole those bikes are known to police and b by this time next week probably earlier they're already back on the street so somewhere along the line people actually need to spend some time in jail that's my two cents okay thanks for the call they're they're probably back on the street tomorrow
0: (laughs) well yeah i mean with the bail reforms that we've seen in in uh in bc a a lot of people you're facing even some serious criminal charges if you're not convicted or whatever you know uh, there's a constitutional argument to let you out okay and the police are complaining about that like they brought in some bail reforms basically make it easier to get bail mm. while you're in pre trial okay, before you're before you're yep. convicted of a crime and they're saying what just precisely what the caller just said a lot of times you know you get these uh
1: recidivist guys who are just doing these property crimes over and over again. And they've they've been saying that for years. It's been an ongoing problem. I think it's probably worse now than it has been for some time. But the street crime in Vancouver, I've got uh, friends and relatives who've been directly affected by this, assaults on the street. Uh, There's a lot of mental health challenges on the streets of Vancouver. Uh, It's a problem that's getting worse. Natalie and Poco, hi. Um, You know what I find absurd is that um, there is a campaign to promote normalization of drug use. Well, how is that possibly going to stop crime? You're going to have a forever revolving cycle of bike thieves and whoever in and out of prison, and that's where your taxes, that's well, where you want your taxes to go? Come it's more on, about people. Oh, why not educate people to not use drugs? Thank you, That's Natalie. That's where your taxes... If governments are starved for taxes, this is where their taxes are going to go. Thank you, Natalie. It's not so It's not I so, could, it's not so much normalizing the use of drugs, it's destigmatizing the use of drugs. So people who are using drugs get help, uh, don't well, use it alone.
0: It's also harm reduction, right? Like, yep. you know, what we have right now is a basically a poison drug supply in the streets of Vancouver with fentanyl that killing so many people. So the the argument is give people... If people access are going to do drugs to any, if they're going to do drugs anyway, give them access to, like you said, well, not safe. I guess su- I wouldn't say safe, but you know, drugs that are not poisoned.
1: Well, they called safe so, supply, safe um, supply, safe yeah, supply. That, yeah. That they're not poisoned. That, but, uh,
0: but, I, but I, what I think is missing is more rehab and services for people who want to get off drugs, and, and it's a it's a very very expensive proposition. Like when you're talking about residential care for people who are trying to get off drugs, I mean, you're talking in the billions well, of
1: dollars. You, Again, rehab is voluntary, so um, for the most part, uh, but again, I think most experts advocate safe supply is probably the answer to uh, solving or preventing so many of these deaths.